This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Let's get it started. On Dubai I 103.8. Welcome to the show. This is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. We're live on Dubai I 103.8. We're with you through until 11 o'clock. We do this each and every Tuesday, uh, giving you the opportunity to share your thoughts, your experiences, ask questions and get answers. We're going to be talking to a couple of industry uh, leaders uh, throughout the course of this show, plus getting the thoughts from virtue zone and if you haven't got the answers during the next 60 minutes then worry not because the uh, questions the answers continue with virtue zone straight after the show online so do keep your thoughts and opinions coming through to us Uh, as to today's show what are we talking about well what startups can learn from leadership experts where do you stand with uh, experts plus how much time do you need to invest in your company we're discussing leadership on today's program what skills do you need to lead a team whether you're a small operation with a few people or a larger business. Is leadership training something that startups need or is it best left to the big corporates themselves? What can startups and SMEs learn from the leadership experts to help their company run smoothly? And how can it make your business more profitable? We'll speak with leadership leadership expert in just a few moments' time, so stay tuned for that. Uh, this is a Starting Up with a Virtue Zone. Stay with us. You're listening to Start up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai I 103.8. Uh, and joining me, as always, to work through some of the big uh, talkers of the week uh, and, of course, speak to our special guests, uh, none other uh, than Mr Neil Pesch, the founder and the chairman of Virtue Zone. Pesch, good to have you on board. Top of the morning, Tom. Top of the morning, listeners. All well? Fantastic. I missed you last week. Well, thank you very much. I missed you too. There's a little bit of a hollow. Uh, I was out uh, seeking uh, leadership ideas, so we're going to have some on the show today. Uh, I like that. So we will be talking leadership a little later. In the meantime, though, let's turn our attention to some of the big talkers of the week. Well briefed. The business stories you need to know this week. Interesting uh, one, Neil. Through, if I can look through some of the, the papers that have come, um, sorry, some of the stories that have appeared in the papers, etc., throughout the week with regards to uh, startups, SMEs, etc. Uh, and one thing seems to be um, uh, developing here. There's no shortage uh, of investment out there. And I'm not just talking about Dubai either. I'm talking about across the region. Uh, we've got Dubai Fintech Memo uh, raising $8 million in pre-series investment. But we've also had stories uh, through from uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, from uh, Sharjah and the other Emirates, which suggests to my uneducated mind that there is there is movement in the market two there. things stood out for me here tom firstly the memo one that you mentioned that's uh, an excellent product uh, has a couple of rivals zabuni raised some money uh, recently enabling people to pay or receive payment through whatsapp links which is vital for some of the businesses that are just getting started before they've got their bank accounts open so what i saw about the memo one is that's quite a quite a sum and it was invested by a a group of companies. So it's that sort of, you know, if, if I'm allowed to use the expression boys club, you mm. feel a little bit safer if someone else that you trust also invests. So I think for the entrepreneurs out there, that's one of the things. So is what, always use your network. They're fintech, are they, Maymo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it, it's a solution that solves a problem. And that's one of the first things as an investor I'd look. What's the problem? How do they solve it? Do they solve it in a different way to anyone else? 
Second thing I'd uh, pick up on what you say, it's great, you know, this news about investments and so on. Um, we've got to be a little bit uh, concerned, clickbait. It's very easy to write, yeah. I'm investing in this and I'm investing in that. And what I would issue the challenge to people is, you know, get behind real companies uh, uh, here in the UAE try and have more of a focus towards UAE companies rather than international companies. Um, and if we see that, then I think that's going to be fantastic. So one of the ones that I, I noticed is uh, Crescent, uh, uh, an old friend, uh, Beda Jaffa. Um, now, they've invested $500 million since 2017. But interestingly, they're going to take that up to a billion by 2022, which means that he sees potential in the region at the moment. Now, this is a guy that sat on panels with Putin. He did one of the first IPOs in, in the region. You know, he was he, he was managing ports in the States. So he's, he's done pretty much everything. And that's putting your money where your mouth is, which I like, uh, versus uh, uh, vague generic statements about uh, uh, putting money into the market. So come on, VCs out there. Let's, uh, let's really see some work. Because traditionally, if you are a very early stage investor, you do have to invest in perhaps 100 companies in order that 10 do really well and two do spectacularly. That's how the mathematics of early, early stage investment works. You mentioned uh, Bada Jaffa there, the chief executive of Crescent Enterprises, which comes under the portfolio of CE Ventures, the venture capital arm uh, of the Sharjah-based conglomerate Crescent Enterprises. Um, in, I mean, we're going to talk leadership here today. Yeah. If ever you wanted an example of a leader, because that phrase that you use, you know, he, he walks the walk. I know he talks a great talk, but he walks the walk to, 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 to back that up. Yeah, I think he's a great standard bearer for Emiratis uh, around the world, and he travels enormously. I did notice that if you look at some of the companies that they've invested in, uh, China Union Pay. So, you know, that's recognizing the importance of China. It's a, it's a competitor to MasterCard and, and Visa. Um, he's, he's chosen some pretty cool brands, and I think that that shows the importance of branding in these things. When you're seeking investment, if people get the name straight away, you get in the door, you get your foot in the door. Um, good to see uh, that there is um, investment taking place out there. has been uncertain times at present, uh, which leads us on to uh, the other element of it, education, uh, because we had news out this week that Fincasa, an investment advisory firm, they've teamed up with IMT Business School of Dubai to support startups and boost the entrepreneurship ecosystem in the UAE. This is just the latest um, story to come out in the line of investment and education coming together. Are we seeing a greater development of that? Uh, not just business schools, but universities and other education establishments coming to the party and recognising this important. Yeah, element? we are, Tom, and I'm, I'm glad that they're getting behind it right at the very early stage, you know, working with universities, because yeah. increasingly ideas are not coming from old men like you and I, they're coming, they're coming from people who are still at university. And we really need to see that in order to rival centres such as India and, and California and, and so on. That's what the UAE needs to see. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Ain't you just? 
I'm here with Mr. Uh, Neil Petch, who is uh, the founder of Virtue Zone. He's here uh, to give us his thoughts. We're talking leadership this morning, and we want your takes on all things leadership. Um, we've been asking you, what's the best bit of advice you've had with regards to leadership? Here's one that's come through already on the text. Equally, you can have your say online as well if you'd like to. Uh, do reach out uh, at Dubai I want to three eight FM hashtag Dubai I want to three eight or at Virtue Zone hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone hashtag Be Your Own Boss. Uh, text message that's just arrived now four zero zero one. This saying this for leadership, it's essential to shed a sense of identity in order to evolve and blend with circumstances. Okay, we'll take that on board, but let's put it to an expert as we talk leadership now and what startups and entrepreneurs can learn from the experts to help grow their business and create happy and engaged workplaces. One such consultancy firm trying to teach entrepreneurs these skills is Sustain Leadership. Here's Catherine Cunningham with more. Hanain Benkaluk is an award-winning entrepreneur educated in New York. She's called Dubai home for the past 16 years. Today, I run my own boutique consultancy, Sustain Leadership, that aims in a nutshell to bring leadership skills to entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial mindset to business leaders. I do believe that we don't build businesses. We build people who build businesses. The consultancy firm has advised hundreds of business leaders from startups, SMEs, multinational corporations, governments and NGOs. Hanane's vision is to contribute to the move of the Arab region into an innovation and knowledge-based economy. Well, absolute pleasure to say that joining us now live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams is Hanane. So, Hanane, thank you so much indeed for being with us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, Just before we move on to talk more about your businesses and the strategies of growing businesses in general, just uh, let's turn to those comments that are coming through from listeners. Uh, Neil and I just reached out a few moments ago asking people, what what, what constitutes leadership for you? Here's one comment that's come through. For leadership, it's essential to shed a sense of identity in order to evolve and blend with circumstances. Agree with that? Yes, I do. Actually, leadership is is all about creating that value um, driven business. It's about uh, having that those DNA or or uh, identity that everybody would um, belong to, because at the end of the day, if you don't share, if you don't have that shared identity, that shared vision, um, that that's not really leadership. Leadership is about creating that culture where everybody share these common values and work together willingly to achieve that vision for that business. So our focus here on the show, there's a clue in the title of the segment, is startups, SMEs, those looking to get ahead in business. Do leadership Mm -hmm. strategies for a startup business change from a more established business? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, what I want to say first is for startups, leadership is very important. And the most important advice that I would like to give startup um, founders is to really make a difference between a founder mindset and a business leader mindset. Because through my experience working with a lot of incubators and many individual entrepreneurs, I feel that what prevents startups from scaling is really that difference or that transition, failing to transit from that mindset of being a founder, which needs, you know, uh, that self-control, controlling the idea, being the one who wanted to, uh, who want to launch, being really not just passionate, sometimes obsessed, which is good because that's what helps those ideas get off the ground. But once you launch, 
you need to know that that mindset of founder might really be against you because when we want to grow, we need to embrace what I call CEO skills in the sense of business leadership. You need to be more courageous. You need to be, it needs to be about building the people around you. It needs to be about motivating those people uh, to help you grow and scale that business. So understanding that being a founder is very different from being a business leader is crucial for startups. Yeah, Hanane, you, you make a this. really good point, which is a, an awful lot of the entrepreneurs that are starting up their businesses already naturally have leadership and are probably quite confident. So can I ask you with reference to your business, how do you, because you know they've got a limited amount of money to spend, how do you mm-hmm. turn what you provide, the, the, the consultancy advice that you give from being what they might consider a luxury to a necessity? Because we have a lot of businesses who are trying to do the same thing. They have great advice to give, but people are thinking, oh, you know what, I'll do that when I've made a bit more money. Well, um, because I, I run a boutique consultancy and, and I work with an agile, um, agile business model, I kind of like practice what I preach because when I work with entrepreneurs, I advise them to really manage with limited resources and, and to keep things really affordable for startups. We are running this consultancy with, a, with an agile business model in the sense that um, we don't have practically any overhead because what we um, the purpose of sustained leadership is to help create this ecosystem is to help build more uh, entrepreneurs in the Arab region is to help people see their ideas come to life and that purpose is really beyond the transaction of the business and with that I get to attract a lot of like-minded people who want to be part of this network of consultants that are helping and for that we we work uh, with consultants on a project basis and um, sometimes we work with entrepreneurs entrepreneurs as as their mentors and some of them offer us equity so we have different ways mm. of um, working giving that advice and making it really affordable because we do understand we are we are still considering ourselves we are boutique I mean we, we were startup until just two years ago and um, so we know where they're coming from and we give them that hands-on sure. advice and also most of our consultants are so entrepreneurs who have been there so the advice is really practical uh, not like what you know we're not giving that advice of an established um, uh, established management consultancy that could probably take off-the-shelf yeah. solutions i know that uh, to make a real difference one of the expressions that sustained leadership have used is to transform a business so if you were yeah. in an elevator with tom urquhart talking about his own little personal business, and and you wanted to show him how he could really transform his business and how sustained leadership could do that. What would be the sort of three big bullet points that you would raise? Uh, You need to remain relevant to the people that you are serving and um, to the purpose that the the deeper purpose, not like what is your product. So for us, we um, our our elevator pitch is helping uh, companies transform so they can remain relevant in an ever-changing world. And, and to do that, you need to link to don't don't link your business to the product, but link it to the, the, the change that you are making to the wider world. How is your business adding value to the wider world? Because the product can change and the way you deliver that value can change. But why? What is it that you are delivering? How you are improving people's lives? Or when I say people, I mean the, the, the target audience. 
why, why they should buy from you or get your services, that's never going to change. So when you link what you do to that, to that deeper purpose, there will be always a way we can change the product, we can change how we deliver it. Look at what happened just the past year. Businesses that knew that they are serving, they knew how they are serving their audience could pivot and change the way, change their product, change probably um, uh, the channels, how they're delivering it, but they kept their eye, um, you know, they kept their focus towards how are they helping these people? What is the customer experience they are giving to them? So give people. us an example of how one of your customers pivoted in, over the last 12 months. Okay. Um, we're working with a, um, um, a retail business, uh, actually a um, um, Yes, it's a retail business, and um, they they didn't they never were considering going online because they just thought that they are they doing hand um, handcrafted uh, items and handcrafted products. It's more of an artistic and tailor made, and they thought it's just they need to have that one to one with their customers. So they thought that going online is just going to um, undermine what they they offer, and they just they were not ready for it. And, uh, and, you know, as we kept digging about this is not really about your product, what is it? How are you improving the life of your customers, You're giving them this artistic, uh, even if your products are artistic and they are handmade, how can we really con- convert, this, um, convert this experience to be still digital? And we did that through understanding um, few of their customers. So we took a sample of the customers, we talked to them, and we found out that they can still, they started doing the uh, uh, meetings online, they started sending sketches to these people, they started um, sending tutorials that are online, and and with that we managed to transform that face-to-face experience and that um, coming to the shop and designing your own product into a, um, into a digit somehow a digital experience, mm. and it did not really impact the very essence of what the product offers. And then, can I ask you about time? Um, the reason I ask you this seems to be two schools of thought on this one when it comes yeah. to startups and setting up something new. Uh, there are those that say that you've got to give 24 7, in fact, you've got to give 26 8. You know, you have every waking minute of every waking day to your new baby in order to nurture it because that's the belief you give. There are others that say, hang on, don't put all your eggs in one basket, keep your day job, work on this at nights, work on this at weekends. Uh, is there is there a a, a, a finite amount of time that you should be giving to a new business? You see, um, it's it's an individual choice. Um, I mean, a lot of people choose to, depends on their obligations, they choose to start a business part-time because they need that income so they don't go to that um, uh, through that stress of not having an income because again that's that's not going to help you focus to make the business happen and um, but that also has that disadvantage that you can burn out because and you're not going to have a lot of focus and then there is the other so it's it's both it worked I've seen entrepreneurs who have started businesses part-time while keeping their job but then they had to give up a lot on their personal life there were no more weekends uh, and uh, they weren't doing a lot of uh, personal uh, no hobbies no going out because because they had to work on the weekends and at nights, and some of them suffered from burnout. But I've seen some that that um, succeeded working on building their business while keeping their jobs. And I've seen others that said, listen, it's not going to happen unless I give it my all. So it really depends on personal circumstances. Uh, but I would say that we need to link it to um, deliverables where, or plan that strategy, those goals, 
what do I need to achieve to make this idea uh, get off the ground and become a business and then link that to to probably some milestones and with that we can manage the time if we have really good management skills then we could keep the business and I mean we could keep the job and continue on building at least to see it take off and see that that the, the business idea is validated and from there we can take um, that decision of just giving um, full time I personally could not do that um, because that comfort of oh I still have a job and all the perks and all of that never helped me until I said you know what I need to take that risk and you know have that emergency fund of six months and then that's it I'm taking I'm taking the risk entrepreneurship is about taking initiative is about taking the risk if you're not ready to take the risk then chances are that you, you know probably you won't be able to see that idea come to life and it's been absolutely lovely talking to you really appreciate your time this morning thanks for thank uh, the advice as well and the insight and thank you for uh, allowing us to chat with you this morning our thanks to uh, Hanein Bankaluk the executive director at Sustain Leadership who was joining us live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams in the meantime though uh, let's shine the light Startup Spotlight, Spotlight. Uh, We've been talking this morning about how much time you need to invest into a new business to make it a roaring success. Well, our next guest is uh, only 25 years old and has started with his partners a new business, an e-grocery app uh, brilliantly called Yippee. It's the latest in a growing market, but the co-founders are confident that it will dominate. With more, here's Catherine Cunningham. Yippee is the latest e-grocery app on the market to help consumers get quick access to their favourite products. Its co-founders say its point of difference is that it offers the same promotions available in the shops and a discounted delivery fee. Co-founder Monish Chandramani. What we do is we list out the, uh, the local groceries, the supermarkets and the larger chains of hypermarkets on the app where the customer within his vicinity can choose his daily essentials, his healthcare products, his daily supplements or anything he wants which is listed on the app and get them delivered within 30 to 45 minutes. It's a very simple app and we guarantee convenience with the same store in-store prices, no markups and a very subsidized delivery fee. Its site's now set on raising funds from investors to grow the company. Joining us now live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams is that co-founder of Yippee, uh, Manish Chandra Mani. Manish, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Neil, for having me here. It's an absolute uh, honor to be you know, speaking to bo- you both. Well, let's start. And, uh, thank you for having me. Let's here. start with the name, if we can. Uh, tell us about the naming uh, of your new business. Where did that come from? So, 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 Yippee is something you know, which which uh, is an emotion, which is something which is which calls out for excitement. So, something which you know, when something comes which you're happy, you just say Yippee. So, the the name is actually adopted from uh, from something which is excitement, which is an emotion, and that's what we you know intend to bring in, uh, you know, through our grocery and through the other verticals, which is going to be delivered. Uh, to your doorstep. So if Yippee is your baby, Manish, you and your co-founders, um, tell us where that, uh, where, where, where it was born. Where was the idea born? Where does this come from? So actually, you know, uh, most of the most of the people would think that, you know, Yippee is some, some company or brand which has come because of the pandemic hitting the world. But actually, Yippee was an idea which was, you know, a, pre, a pre-COVID uh, idea which came in my mind back in June, July 2019. And back then I was trying, you know, I was I was quite familiar with the food delivery apps and I used to get my food delivered at home. But I was trying on the on the grocery section of the apps. But uh, what I saw was I would 
ordering ordering my groceries and i could see a mock up and a higher delivery charge is that that's when you know me and my co-founder actually came together and saw that there's an opportunity in the space and there's a you know there's a gap to fill to fill in and uh, you know that that's when we came to the idea to bring uh, you know yippy to not only a, a a segment of the market who can actually you know afford convenience but to everyone and to each and every one of the market who wants you know who wants to laze around to you know invest time in something more important and why while we get your you know home deliveries at a very low cost and you know no markups at all so manish you you mentioned a gap in the market and that's one of the key yeah. things that you're you're raising money at the moment an investor is always looking for someone that is spotting a gap that is solving a problem. We mentioned that earlier in the show. So can you just, again, clarify what exactly is, is the gap that Yippee is, is solving? So, so what, what I feel, you know, right now we have, you know, even during the COVID or before the COVID, we had apps, uh, you know, in, in the e-grocery line. But what happens is they have mockups on their, on their app and they charge a higher delivery fee. Well, what's happening with this is that only a, a, only a small, uh, you know, market of uh, the people who can actually who actually have that purchasing power can actually enjoy the convenience at the doorstep. Well, what we intend to do is to have to bring you know even the smallest of smallest uh, groceries online, you know, with the same prices, with a very subsidized delivery fee, and and the customers can enjoy the same promotions going on you know, within the uh, within the physical store. So what happens is you actually you actually save on each and every grocery delivery which we which is done through Yippee. And that's a huge gap which was in the market because if you go to see a lot, you know, Dubai is a huge, uh, has a big population, but only a small, uh, small population of that is online uh, through groceries. So that, that that's the gap. Which and we and I see solve. you've signed up a lot of merchants as well. So you're you're you're, you're not yes. depending on one or two. No, no. I mean, uh, since the launch, you know, uh, back four months back, we have signed more than 50, 50 merchants in the grocery sector. And we, we intend to uh, sign up more 75 uh, across different different verticals, which we are going to bring uh, very soon on the app. Manish, something else that interests me, a little bird tells me that you're not exactly a nine to five guy. So we were talking earlier about uh, VCs getting behind people at university stage. Generation Z, millennials, not quite so nine to five as, as Tom and I might be used to. So is this is this something that, uh, again, you were inspired by that you that suits your lifestyle, that enables you to get what you want when you want? Exactly. I mean, and, you know, you know, both, uh, you know, nowadays the millennials and the youngsters are, um, you know, no, no, no longer the nine to five people. They, they like to get convenience whenever they want. And even, you know, when you see the work, the work situation at, at Yippee, our first supermarket starts 7 a.m. in the morning and goes on right to 12 a.m. in the night. So we have technically we are working almost 24 hours a day. So that, that's the same thing, you know, we, we invest our time in our business and we want convenience uh, delivered at the doorstep whenever the uh, customer wants it and not only between 9 to 5 or, or restricted time, but whenever the person wants it. So I think a lot of typical leaders who've been doing this for 20 years are, are sort of shuddering listening to that, uh, Manish. But I, I, I think, Tom, we've got to learn from this, actually. We were talking about leadership earlier and adapting one's style. And increasingly, you know, we've got a young market in the UAE, so we need to reflect that well that was going to be a question that i was going to put to you manish was was i mean what's your approach to leadership because this is obviously a passion project for you and therefore you've gone in with it with complete and utter belief uh, but as you bring more people I- into it as you go out there and you expand your vision as well do you find your sort of your leadership style changing in any way 
You know, my, my, my leadership right from day one has been, you know, for first and for, uh, foremost, I, I think uh, we all, you know, because UP is at such a crucial stage and an early stage of, the, of their business, it's it's important to invest 100% of the time. And if you go to uh, go to see our team, we have, you know, at the average age of our team is uh, between 25 and 27. So everyone's young, motivated and, and are ready to put that extra extra hours and it as a leadership uh, for me it's very easy for me to handle people who are at, at the same age level the age uh, mindset as me so so as as a leadership obviously it would change you know as the company grows but i, w- I would see the vision and the mission uh, being the same you know right uh, from the start so manish i know that you're quite an entrepreneurial family and and a lot of this sort of group of products that you have it's all about data right it's about analyzing consumer spending habits and and stuff so is there an evolution is is there a, a, a yippee too no i would say i would say you know uh, you know other than yippee we have a family business which is into fintech remittances which have the global uh, you know footprint across agents uh, in more than 100 countries having their license in Canada. So before before UP actually came into existence, I was, you know, I, I had a helping hand in that. But having said that, you know, the vision of UP is to make it a super app and connecting, you know, uh, FinTech, uh, connecting more verticals, uh, not not only groceries, but anything what a person wants on a daily basis. If you want to send money, uh, you know, to, to any country, if you want to order grocery, food, anything, you, it, it, it will be available. On so the keeping UP them app. in the ecosystem, essentially. Yes, yes. What's your advice to other people out there listening in um, um, who are looking to, to, to launch their vision uh, in the near future, Manish? Is it, is it to go all guns blazing, to give everything, to give uh, every waking hour to the project? Or is it to play it a little bit more carefully uh, and keep uh, your eggs in other baskets, as in uh, have a day job and then work on this at night, etc.? What, what, what do you think works when it comes to, to launching a successful startup? No, I think I think I, I would go with the first one where you go all guns blazing because it's if if you want your startup to be successful, you need to put the extra hours, you need to put the sacrifices and the the right hard work into the business because it's something which is your passion and something which you want it to be uh, successful in the future. So I would say, you know, as as an entrepreneur myself, I put all my all my eggs in one basket and I put almost uh, if I would say sixteen to eighteen hours a day for it to be successful. So how do you combat the f- how do you combat the fear of failure again? I mean, is, is that something that you have to consider when going into these things or do you just never, ever use the F word? No, I mean, I, mean, I, I think, you know, failure is something which, which gives us a learning curve and it's very important to have a failure in, 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 your, you know, in your entrepreneurship career because that, that's something which you not make the fall the, the second time. But having said that, you know, our team is, is, is a cause, you know, we, we are always customer-focused and customer uh, Facing so, so there, there, there is uh, there is a chance of having a failure at some point. But what 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 we, what we do is to learn from it and actually move on from it and not repeat the same mistake again. But yeah, obviously, failure is a part of every business. Manish, a lot of our listeners are perhaps you know they have an idea, but they're a little bit intimidated to launch it because mm. they see that there are existing market players out there that have a strong market share, that have a great infrastructure, and so on. Now you're potentially going against some very big players that have you know proper real estate all over the UAE and and yet you're so you're seeking to disrupt that now how can how can one go about that and how how can you go about onboarding customers and keeping that onboarding fee relatively low 
So uh, what what I would say what 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 we have done differently is that uh, you know we have a small team and our cost is relatively very less compared to the to the bigger ones and we we have always been focused on automating our system so that the cost of uh, you know any humans are lesser than the as compared to the other other competitors in the market and having said that you know I feel UAE and Dubai particularly is a market where you know there is a chance and there there is a space for every every company to make its mark and. having you know coming back to yp i i see you know since our launch uh, four months back we've seen amazing traction uh, from the customers and it actually shows us that there's there's a huge gap in the market even though there are there are few companies which are there from the last 10 or i would say 6 to 7 years we've seen a good number of traction and you know we our main main motive is to uh, basically help people to save on every every shopping done through our app Uh, listen, we wish you all the best, Manish, with with the uh, the brand new venture, or not the so not the so brand new venture, but your brand new venture, new baby, which of course has been uh, garnering great uh, reactions uh, uh, and uh, reviews at the moment. What's next? What's in the pipeline uh, for the EP team? So, I mean, obviously, you know, the journey uh, till now has been very exciting, and it's going to be very extremely exciting uh, moving forward. We are adding a lot of uh, new verticals, which would, you know, which would add on to the daily purchase of any customer. And uh, having said that, you know, Dubai is just the starting point for us. Uh, you know, just a launch point, and we are by the end of the year, we are looking at expanding to the entire of UAE, and then moving out to a ge- geographical country. But having said that, there's a lot of exciting things uh, for the customers coming, and a lot of saving on the EP app. Uh, best of luck with it, uh, Manish. Lovely to talk to you this morning. Really enjoyed our chat this morning. Thank you, Manish, for taking time to speak to us uh, live online, but also live on Microsoft Teams. So thanks to you, Manish. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Tom and Neil, for having me here, and uh, looking forward to speaking to you again. Good luck, Manish. Good luck to you. That is uh, Manish uh, Chandramani, who is the co-founder of Yippee, uh, who has been joining us live on Starting Up with Virtue Zone. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye One Hundred Three Point Eight. You are indeed. You are listening to starting up with Virtue Zone. I've got the uh, uh, co-founder and chairman of Virtue Zone alongside me, Mr. Neil Petch. We've been working through uh, two big topics today: leadership uh, and time management, or rather, time, as it were. Um, Neil, just before we get on to uh, today's questions, lots of questions coming through uh, from uh, listeners, both online uh, and uh, also on the text message. Last chance for you to get them in. Uh, best way to do so is to text us right now on 4001. However, if you've got any questions that you'd like answered by Virtue Zone straight after the show, uh, they continue to answer your questions live online at Virtue Zone, hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone. Where, where, where do you stand on this debate? It, it comes from a conversation I had or so it's the panel discussion I had uh, a couple of months ago and one of the experts was up there uh, and the advice they proffered was look uh, whatever you do do not throw all your eggs into bar- one basket when it comes to starting up because you need something to fall back on if uh, things do go wrong if uh, one fails but to me that imagine specters you know you're not showing a would be investor out there full commitment to it I I completely disagree with that but there'd be people in my management team that would agree with it and I think that's the point you need someone who leads and who says let's jump across the the river it's going to be easy and they instill a belief in 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 their team that that can be done but you also need someone to think about what are the ramifications of that how much is it going to cost us and so typically an entrepreneur a leader is going to be say let's do it let's expand 
And then you need perhaps a, a finance uh, guy to say, well, okay, that's great, but think about this. If we get this number of responses, then we're going to have to have certain number of customer-facing relationship managers. We don't have the space in the office. So, you know, it, it, as ever, it's a juggling act. But in terms of how you represent yourself, I think you need to show that you completely and utterly believe in your product, that you're focused on your product, and certainly that you're not already making plans for if it doesn't uh, work. That would be completely the wrong projection. Uh, I had a question that came through online. Thank you very much indeed for this one. Uh, No name with it, but said, uh, look, I'm a sole proprietor. I've been in my business for two years. Uh, I often joke to myself that because I have my own business, I don't get days off. On one hand, I think that this is how it should be. Um, uh, However, uh, how many hours should you work in a day if you have started your own business? Um, it's a cryptical question as well, because I suppose by asking that very question again, it's it, it, it's a difficult one to answer. But there's no there's no definitive, is there? I mean, I'm sorry to Mr. Anonymous or Mrs. Anonymous, it's but Orton, I would, Orton, I would touch. yeah, I, I would probably not be jumping to invest in what you're doing at the moment because it sounds as if you're not really enjoying it. It sounds as if it's not your area of passion because if you start counting the hours, then you're doing that for a reason. So uh, two would-be entrepreneurs choose something that you really love, that you feel passionate about, that you feel confident in because then you won't be looking at the time. But then once you have done that, make sure that you do take some time off because there's nothing worse than staring at a screen blankly, not really having any great thoughts. So it's, it's working smart as well as working hard. Uh, we've been talking time. We've also been talking leadership. We had a couple of people get in touch with us a little earlier on with regards to some of their leadership mantras, if you like. Uh, uh, one that we put to Hanane uh, a little earlier on, which I'd like to put to you for leadership. It's essential to shed a sense of identity in order to evolve and blend with circumstances, uh, was one of the comments that came through. But surely... Uh, success comes out of identity to a certain Yeah, I mean, look it? at some of the great leaders that we've got here. Mr. Ian First Service, a shout-out to him. Has he changed his management style, his, his form of leadership? I mean, a lot of people, it's innate in them that people want to follow them. People feel inspired by them. Of course, you need to adapt to circumstances and, for example, technology. But I don't think you change your style. Mm. Uh, and another topic that we've touched on today, Neil, is uh, the F word failure as well. Um, is it healthy to have a fear of failure going into something new? Do you know what we have an ethos at Virtue Zone? If you haven't failed, it's because you haven't tried hard enough. The key thing, however, is that when you do fail, I'm afraid it's human nature that people like to point fingers and blame other departments or other people. So where we've had extraordinary success, because there are some times when a customer feels let down, where their visa's taking longer to process than should be the case. And so you've got to hold your hand up and say, you know, something's happened here, and this is what we're going to do about it. And if you have a culture where you try and push the blame somewhere else, you're not going to do that for your customer. So allow people to take risks, allow them to make mistakes. And when a mistake is made, it's not that person's mistake, it's 
It's our company, our team's mistake, and we're going to go and solve it. Mm. Look, as always, Neil, it's been great. We could do another hour or two here talking some of the subjects we've got. We haven't had a chance to answer all of those questions, but they will be answered by the Virtue Zone team online straight after the show. Uh, what does remain for me to ask is what's new at Virtue Zone? What's in the pipeline? We're looking forward to the summer months. Well, continual <laughs> records in terms of the number of people coming in here, wanting to get their kids into school, wanting to get villas, etc., etc. So I'm really encouraged. And actually, I had a message from uh, your commercial director at ARN saying, you know, Eid, Eid has, has finished. There's so many projects uh, happening. Do a little bit more advertising. So there's a good sales line for you. So push <laughs> the accelerator to the floor, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and it's not. The, 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 the numbers are backing up this sentiment Absolutely. at the moment. People are coming. People are arriving. And if you don't adapt quickly enough to it, I remember a year ago when COVID happened, we reacted quickly and we, and we were conservative about cash flow management. Now perhaps is, is the reverse. If you don't adapt fast enough, you're missing out on leads. You're missing out on market share. Uh, thanks so much indeed for tuning in. Uh, today's show has all been about, uh, uh, well, leadership, time management, and otherwise we'll have another special topic for you next Tuesday. Uh, uh, give us, a, give us a, cu- a couple of pearls of wisdom to move away with, though, because uh, I turn to my friend Neil Petch as a, as a true leader. Well, what is your, what's your leadership mantra? Enjoy it. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. And always be prepared to learn. Those are words to end a show. Neil, as always, lovely to, th- lovely to spend time with you today. Thanks so much indeed for being Thanks, with us. Thanks, Tom.